Years ago, we started playing Gloomhaven. What did that do to our board gaming life? Well, it kind of got us into board games that weren't, you know, gateway games. Yeah, and it kind of took over, right? We mm-hmm. play, How many years did we play Gloomhaven for? One and a half. One and a half to two years every weekend, right? Mm-hmm. So that game took over, and now Frosthaven is out, and we're going to talk about that on this episode of Board with Family Games. with Family Games. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. And every month we bring you a board game that we love to play as a family so that you can play it with your friends and family. For more information on the Frosthaven that we're reviewing today and all of our previous podcasts, visit our website, boardwithfamilygames.com. That's B-O-A-R-D with familygames.com. You can see the games we've been playing. You can see um, those previous podcasts. And of course, you can get in touch with us there too. Also, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram where you can get up-to-date information on all of our games and podcasting. Okay, Oscar, so we teased a little bit at the beginning that this or that Gloomhaven took over our lives. But today we're talking about Frosthaven from uh, Cephalofair Games, right? Mm-hmm. What's, what is the difference between these two? Well, Frosthaven is is kind of a sequel game to Gloomhaven. Same universe. It's even kind of mentioned in like the beginning scenario. Okay, so it's a sequel, but do you have to have played previous Gloomhaven games to play this? No. Okay, so it's a standalone, which is why we're doing this and not podcasting on... It is a standalone campaign, so if you've never played anything from this world before, you can jump in and do it. So listen to a word from our sponsor, and we will come back with a review of Frosthaven by Cephalofair Games. We would love for you to sponsor us. So if you're interested in board games, please sponsor us, and we'll be trying to probably sell some board games for anyone who's interested in them. And just contact us at our website, Board with Family Games. That's B-O-A-R-D with familygames.com. And just contact us and... Sponsorships would include an ad spot right here on our pod- podcast every week. We'd love to have you join us. Frosthaven by Cephalofair Games is a campaign game. So what does that mean? Just remind our listeners if they don't know what we're talking about when we're talking about a campaign. Well, a campaign's where all the scenarios are connected in some way, and you keep stuff from the last scenario going into the next scenario, whether that's good stuff or bad stuff. Okay, and so there's lots of different types of scenario games, some that... You play maybe 10 rounds and then you can start over. But this one is a true campaign game where stuff is being added and it goes for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So we have at this point played how many scenarios? Eight to 10. Eight to 10, something like that. I think maybe even a little more. Yeah. And this will go on forever. Not ever really, but there's like a hundred scenarios, right? Yeah. I think it's like 170 or something. Yeah, so there's a lot of scenarios. And so you're going to keep going and playing through all the different scenarios. And I think you overdid that with 170. It's more like, here, I've got the book here. Well, there's, oh, yeah. 
It's like 140. Okay. <laughs> Only 30. So you have a lot of scenarios that you're playing through as you go. And um, the game's changing. You're putting stickers on boards. You're changing things. And so it, you're making permanent changes to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you can reset it if you want to. But really, in the end, you're going through this whole campaign. It's going to take you a while. So... Tell us about what the purpose and goal of Frosthaven are. Well, well, it's a cooperative game where you're trying to rebuild Frosthaven and explore the area surrounding it. All right. So it's just kind of, what is Frosthaven? It's just kind of like sad little outpost, right? Yeah. You get there and it's on fire. <laughs> so it is a rough place. It is remote in the middle of nowhere, and you are trying to build that up and then explore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's a role-playing game, right? Yes. So we are not big role-players. We do not pretend to be the characters or anything like that. Yeah. If that's your jam, you can do that. You can, you know, do acting. But that is not a required part of the role-playing game. And in some ways, how does this differ from, say, your most traditional role-playing game like Dungeons and Dragons? Um, well, your characters, you have cards and you have specific actions you can do from your cards. But what about the storytelling element? Oh, it's the storytelling element comes from a book. You've got like two, three books and you just read the story off of them. Okay, so if you ever wanted to be part of something like Dungeons and Dragons but didn't want to go through all the work of writing everything or being a dungeon master or any of that stuff, you can do that with Frosthaven because all the stories are laid out for you already and you're able to read it um, aloud. And we have fun reading these things aloud, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually fight over it a little bit, make sure that we spread it out evenly yeah. because there's a lot of text. There's a lot of reading to tell the story and set up this world that you're in and exploring. Okay, tell us a little bit about the look and feel of the game. What kind of things are in the box? What, do, what does it look like? Well, all the artwork looks very painted. Um, the cards are... And, and before you get off artwork, there's a lot of artwork. Oh, God, yes. There's a ton of it. Where are you seeing artwork in the game? Um, the map, your personal board, all the little sandies you punched out. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff in this game. So you can see it's very pretty, very nicely done. Mm-hmm. Um, more serious though, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's a um, you know it's not a goofy role playing game. It's a trying to immerse you in this world of Frosthaven. All right. What other stuff is in the box? Well, you have got a ton of cards, and the cards all have kind of a background that kind of fits whatever their theme is. And then they just have text and little symbols on them. Okay, we'll, we'll hit some of those things. There's so much on these cards. We're not going to describe everything. We're going to give you broad strokes of the game. Yes. <laughs> what else you got? Well, you've got all these little mon- monsters. And they're really, they often look pretty cool. And they're just monsters that you have to fight against. Or if you're lucky, help. Okay, so you got a lot of different cards. you got um or it's, that's kind of how things are driven. It's not a dice game. It's a car, or it's use use cards. You've got these cool um, little molded statues. Mm-hmm. To I'm, do- I'm painting if you want to do 
dandy painting with them. Yeah. So if you're the type of person that likes to do miniature painting, you can do miniature painting. All of ours are sad gray. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you don't like that, though, they do have um, a little standee with your um, artwork on it. You can use that instead. But we use the statues because they look cool, even if they're gray. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a lot of great stuff. It's a, um, you know, all the pieces are thick. They're um, it's well made. What? Um, oh, and then there's a health dial, which we could talk a little bit as we're playing. There's all these things that come in the box for diversity. There's a um, they actually um, hired a cultural consultant for this. If you're ever interested, you can go dig out um, the creator. Um, Isaac Childress actually talked a lot about the importance of diversity in creating the game and the lessons he learned from Gloomhaven, which had some issues. So um, really well done. The different species of um, and people in the game are not caricatures. They're whole groups, and we're starting. We're still learning about that. We don't know mm-hmm. these um, groups well yet, but we're learning about them, and it's really cool. So, really great job, um, diversity wise, and also male female, good mix. Now, granted, there's not a lot of people, so racial diversity. Not seeing much of it, but that's. Because there's very few actual people. Yeah, I mean, like, so far we've seen two humans. <laughs> so, um, you know, they're humanoid, but they're not human. Um, tell us about setting up uh, the game. Well, there's a ton you have to do. You have some starting classes that you'll start with. We haven't moved on from them yet. Okay, so real quick here. So you're saying, you know... You're, you have to create a character, yeah. right? Yeah, you have to create a character, and that means choosing cards for your actions right. and just kind of setting your character up. Okay, so this person is going to live with you for a while. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so as I said, um, you know, we, we're about 12 scenarios in. We're all on that initial character mm-hmm. still. We're pretty powerful, though. Yeah. Um, what, what's in that character? So you've got a personal board... That gives you actions, it gives you the special rules for your character, it has all your little cards in it that you'll be adding and removing from your decks, and yeah, that's your character. You pull everything out from your character box, all the pieces, and you have to set it up. Okay. There, you know, again, we're not going to go deep into this. There's no. a... Um, Action cards that you play, and it's not really a deck because it's not shuffled. You get to look through and pick what you're going to do, but that's an important part of setting up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have an attack deck that you comes standard made for every um, same for every character, but then you can alter it, right? Yeah, and the alters mints you can make with it depending on your character. Okay, so there's a whole ser- um, scenario or way of setting this up. Um, It'll take a little time, but that's only done that first time or when you retire a character and need a new one. So it's not that's not something that comes every time you play. That's the first time you play when you're setting up your character. Mm-hmm. All right, then what are you going to do? Well, then you pull out your items. You've gathered these throughout the game. Just kind of lay them in front of you. You shuffle your, ac- you shuffle your attack deck. You pull out your action cards. You set your health dial. So that you're at full health because you're not going in with one HP left. <laughs> All right. And then you have to actually decide on a scenario, right? Yeah. So um, this is something literally before we started podcasting, Oscar and I were, try- were sitting around arguing about which scenario we want to do next. Uh-huh. 
Now, we want to keep this podcast spoiler free. So we will only talk about the first scenario. The first scenario, you don't really have a choice. You walk in and you have the scenario that you're going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, normally you have to decide what it is. Then what do you do? Well, then you set it up. You have to take out these map tiles. There's like 20 of them. More than that. There's a many map tiles. Yeah. You're the one who sets it up. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, you pull out the map tiles. You pull out... All the little tokens that you're going to need throughout it. These could be obstacles, traps, all kinds of stuff. You pull out, you have to build a custom loot deck for the scenario with things you can gather throughout the scenario. Okay, before, before you keep going, just want to say, so we've got, you know, 140 scenarios. That means that these decks or these maps that you're walking into every time, you don't have 140 boards you have these as oscar said map tiles that fit together in different ways have different artwork on them so that you can create or you know kind of set the scene and so all these tokens and all the um the tiles the way they lay out that sets up how you're going to be walking in and um we are we posted a picture of our first game the first scenario online so if you want to see what those map tiles look like you can get a sense of that right there again no spoilers because that's the first thing you're going to be doing playing mm-hmm. <laughs> all right um what else well you pull out all the enemies and all that entails so you take the tokens you set them up in the starting room you have to shuffle all their decks because no, these aren't big decks though, no right? they're not decks big decks they have like eight cards but every monster has its own specific um, action deck. Okay. And then you're finally set up and you can play the first round. Okay, so that that's your setup. It takes a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a game that if we... W- once it's all out and set up, it takes over our dining room table and then a little bit more beyond mm-hmm. there, right? Yeah. So it takes up a lot of space. Um, it's great if we can keep it up for a couple days, play a few scenarios, Um before putting it away. So it, it does definitely take a little time to set up if you're pulling it all straight out of the box. Okay, so you've finally gone through, you've gotten everything set up, then how do you actually start playing? Well, before the scenario, you have to do a road event. Okay, so describe how a road event works and what that looks like. Well, you pull a card, you read the text that sets the scene, and then you have two options. You could... Do something or do something else. Okay. So, um, you know, again, trying to keep it spoiler free. So we're not telling you what these events are, but it's basically an an event that occurs while you head out of Frosthaven before you get to your destination. Yes. And these two choices could be good. They could be bad. They could um, have no effect. Have no effect. They can actually create and start setting up future road events. So there's lots of things that, you know, again, this just kind of helps um, add story to the world mm-hmm. and make it a bigger, light, livelier place. And so it's a really neat way of getting you set up. And that deck that um, changes as time goes, mm-hmm. cards get added, cards get removed. And so it just kind of keeps switching up as you keep playing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you do that, you have your little event, hopefully it worked out well for you, and then how do you actually part start the scenario? Well, you, deci- you 
read the scenario. It's kind of background text. It sets the scene for the scenario. Normally, it pulls out some stuff from an earlier scenario. Then you have to decide on your task. Everyone gets three little cards, and they have a goal you'll want to make throughout the scenario. And if you make it, you get a little prize. Okay, so... The scenario has a, a goal, mm-hmm. and then you have a task goal, something that's smaller within yeah. that scenario. And what's if the you, if you fail, you just nothing happens. Okay, so it's not it's not a bad thing. It's not like you know it's it's a nice thing that if you can do it, it'll mm-hmm. help you down the road. Okay, so you've set the scene. You know what you're doing. You're looking. You're probably facing some enemies, and then how does a turn actually go? How do you live this world of Frosthaven? Well, you pull two cards from your action deck. You cho- Well, you look throughout your action deck. You choose two cards and you put them down face down. No one talks. Okay, so all three um, people are going to sl- do this. Well, sorry. Again, it's always three when we're playing. But yeah. two to four players, so you'll be playing or you'll be selecting these cards. Now, um, you said that you are going to um, select the cards and there's no talking. So how does it work as a cooperative game? There's some talking, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you can share basic information. Yeah, so there's some rules um, in play to kind of keep things lively, right, Mm -hmm. and make it make sense. So, you know, some of the things we'll say be like, I'm going to run in and start whacking things. (laughs) Or I need a moment to set up. You know, broad things so that you at least know that you can't count on me that turn if I say I need to set up a little bit. I might not be running in to do things at that Mm -hmm. turn. Okay. So you've got these two cards. Everybody's selected them. Then what do you do? Well, then you reveal them. You say whatever your initiative is. Okay. What's initiative? It's a... Well, number on the card, you choose which card's initiative to go, and whoever has the lowest initiative goes first, whoever has the highest initiative goes last. Okay, so um, in this case, I'm looking at what Oscar has. He has a 77. I have a 75. So Papa's first. Yep, so I go first. Um, This this kind of sets the order. We um, You can do some general talking about what your initiative is, but it has to be pretty broad. You cannot say, I am going to go at 77. You have to, you can't be specific. Yeah, we just kind of say early, mid, late. Yeah, and that might even be too much information, but that's what we do. You know, it's it's a family, whatever, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's your initiative. Then, Then what do you do? Then you flip all the monster cards that they say what their actions are going to be, and you put them in the initiative. Okay, so order. when you flip that card, they have numbers too. So if we have here the Algox Archer, mm-hmm. I flip it, and it's 31. Nothing special. Um, and so that is going to be, um, in this scenario, the Archer would go first. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've avoided talking about these mon- or these action cards until this point. Um, so I want you to kind of walk through one action card top to bottom and explain what's on it. Um, so I'm just going to use one of your action cards. Um, it's got a name. Doesn't really matter. Name's useless. <laughs> then it has a, 
attack marker. So like it tells you how much you're attacking for. Okay, so wait, the, there's it's, a there's a top, right? Yeah, there's a top and a bottom half. Okay. On the top half it's normally an attack, sometimes it's a heal. If you're lucky, it's a move and attack. So this says you attack for value of two and two square, two hexes. Okay, so if I was up next to two enemies, I would attack both, both of, of them. them. Cool. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. And then on the bottom, the bottom's normally a move. In this case, it doesn't happen to me. It allows you to immobilize an enemy that's adjacent to you. So they just can't move. Okay. So you've got this top action and bottom action. And do you get to do both? No. Okay. You choose one from one card and the other from the other card. Okay. So you'll have, you're laying these two cards down. You're going to use a top action from one and a bottom action from another. As Oscar said, Typically, the top action has some form of attack. The bottom action has some form of move. It can have lots of other stuff yeah. to it, though. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, to try to explain all of that would be too much for this podcast. We would be going for hours. So just know there's going to be some general things that you're doing. That's how you're deciding what your actions are. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about the monster um, card? Well, these actually tend to be a bit more general. You have a monster card that tells what the monster's stats are. It tells you what its health is, what its base move is, what its base attack is. So I'm looking at that Algox Archer. I've got this action, nothing special. It has a move that gives plus zero, so it can move, but it's just moving for its basic two. All right, so it moves two. Mm-hmm. Cool. And since it went first, it would move two. Yes. All right. And then it has an attack thing that uh, attack plus zero range four. So whatever its basic attack stat is, let's say it's a four, it just attacks for four and yeah, it okay. attacks some for four. And there are a number of rules. For, so first off, it's going to decide who it's going to attack, what it's going to, or who it's going to focus on. Um, and so these are some rules that are laid out. It can be a little complicated. You have to learn them, but um, it'll tell you you'll know who it's going after and when. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the basic um, turn. So you go through in order. The mo- in this case, you know, as monster goes first, then me, then Oscar. And then we discard our cards mm-hmm. and we start and we go again, right? Yes. Okay. So we get to, um, you just keep going through these motions, attacking, moving, etc., until you reach your goal. Um, what about, oh, what about exhaustion? Well, if you ever happen to run out of cards that you can play, so you've taken too long. Or you lose all your health, you're considered exhausted, and you're gone from the game, you can no longer be playing, and with some scenarios, it just says you lose. Okay, so if I'm looking at my character, the Blink Blade, when I started at level one, I started with ten action cards. Mm-hmm. That means that after five turns, if I none of the cards some of the cards will require you to um lose them. Lose them, put them into lost. But let's just say I've gone five turns, all my cards are in discard, what happens then? I'm not exhausted, right? No. Then you could take a short or long rest, 
and you have to lose one of the cards, but you take them back into your hand and you can keep playing. Okay, so you, this is how it goes. And so you can find moments where you've used all your cards. The last scenario we played, I was limping to the end. I had literally three cards left in my hand. If I had had one more turn, I would have been exhausted, but I made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Just barely. You do have to manage your cards in that way as well. How else can you be exhausted? Well, like I said, if you get killed, you're not really dead, but (laughs) you're knocked out, you're on the ground, you can no longer play, you're taken off the board, and you just wait until the scenario is either won or lost. Okay, so um, we have had scenarios where one of us dies really fast, and frankly, because that's just no fun. Or I guess, sorry, gets exhausted really fast. Since that's no fun, we'll usually just restart the scenario. Yeah, there was one <laughs> scenario where we just kept failing. Yeah, we had, we had some trouble, but we made it through uh, eventually. When we realized that there was level zero. <laughs> okay, so um, that's generally how your turn goes. What other sorts of general things are you doing in a, or during a scenario? Well, you're gathering some loot cards along the way. There's, this could be gold, if you're lucky, at an item, or herbs or resources to okay. build. Stuff. So it's kind of a neat way it works. When you kill an enemy, you put a little loot token down on the board, and then if you end your turn on that loot token, you get to draw one of these cards, right? Mm-hmm. And so these resources are really important because what can you do with them? A lot. Like what? Give me a... You can help. build things... <laughs> You can build buildings, you can craft potions, you can craft items, you can buy items. So in the long run, they're going to help you make Frosthaven stronger, make your character stronger. Okay. So you want this stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then um, at the end of the scenario, what do you get? Um, At the end of the scenario, you get uh, some rewards. You open a new scenario most often. You get... Like some extra XP or some gold or... All right. So experience, if you've ever played a video game or whatever, it works much the same, right? Mm -hmm. You get enough experience, you go up a level. level. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, What about the perks? Um, So perks are special ways to customize your character and make it different from other Deathwalkers or Blink Blades or whatever. And, and, and so that's where that um, task comes in, right? So if you mm-hmm. succeeded, you get a check mark, and if you get three check marks, you can get perk. And this could be anything from removing minus one to hits from your attack deck to healing people. Yeah. So it does a number of different things, but the kind of the primary one is it allows you to alter your attack deck so mm-hmm. that it can be stronger. All right. So that's basically the scenario that you go through mm-hmm. right so you finish up your scenario you head back to Frosthaven, and then what happens well you get to do a whole nother basically game in Frosthaven. <laughs> okay so to talk talk us through what Frosthaven is well first off you pass a week of time and this could be either in summer or winter mm-hmm. and, and so something we didn't mention is you have an entire campaign sheet so you yes. have 
there's so much stuff to keep track of. You have your character sheet in front of you, which has like mine's completely filled with stuff at this point. I've been writing all over it. Yeah, I, I've been erasing, which is why <laughs> mine isn't. Um, yeah. But then you have a scenario sheet that is tracking your party's movement through Frosthaven mm-hmm. uh, or the world of Frosthaven, I should say. Um, and so there's a calendar and every scenario, more or less, you pass that week. And so mm-hmm. what's summer versus winter? Well, summer is kind of a time of growth. You build up your things and you make frost even stronger. Winter is a time of destruction <laughs> and you lose a lot of stuff. So um, we have just entered winter. We actually haven't played in winter yet. We're about to start uh-huh. doing that. Um, this is this was rule, rule book stuff that I just quoted. Yeah. <laughs> so that is what um you know you kind of go through this uh, a week or a few weeks I guess it's like 10 weeks of summer and then you go through 10 weeks of winter and you know it is called frost haven, right? So mm-hmm. it's not you know it's going to be bad. All right. So that really affects the outpost events. What are those? Well, there's two decks. There's a summer deck, there's a winter deck. And you pull a card. They're much like road events. You get the story. You get two actions. You flip it. You get rewards or bad things from the actions. But but now there's attacks. Frost even get, can get attacked. And these while these are more common in winter, therefore they're, it's more destructive, <laughs> they can happen in summer. And it's like... Do it, like it's like... The, there's a tap... You're like attacking them, basically. Yeah, but not really. So um, it's confusing. <laughs> there are rules for it. We're not going to go into how an attack yeah. actually happens, yeah. but you know that what can occur is that brand new craftsman that you've built up so that you can, because you're super excited, you want to build or make some new items. It can get destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> and you have to rebuild it. So um, the you have to spend time creating defense and so we spent a lot of time over summer doing the best we could to get our defense up as much as possible knowing that winter was coming yeah we still need prosperity level three now oh so you mentioned prosperity what is that what do you mean by prosperity well it's a track and each time you get to a number box your prosperity goes up one you actually start at prosperity zero and you gain prosperity throughout the campaign so you get Prosperity from building buildings, upgrading the craftsmen, like Papa said, and also from other things. And though we haven't seen it yet, you might be able to lose prosperity. Yeah. So we are, um, or what is great about this system of summer and winter and everything is it adds a sense of urgency to the game. Mm-hmm. So when you're sitting there trying to decide what scenario you're going on, you're like, oh, wow, I need more. We need more wood. So yeah. maybe we should head to an event that says it takes place in the woods because maybe we'll get more wood there. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to think these things through and make decisions because you need to build Frost Haven. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, when, or after the outpost event, what happens next? Well, then you do building actions. So that could be anywhere from buying resources to spending money and resources to fill your garrison after you just be, you've just been attacked. Yeah. So um, you get more buildings as time goes on. There's some basic buildings that you start with. There's some that you can build right away, and then you get other ones primarily through 
Retiring. Retiring a character. Yeah. So we, um, since we haven't retired a character, we don't know what those look like, but also we wouldn't want to spoil them for you, so we wouldn't tell you what those buildings do anywho. Mm-hmm. But um, you, that's how you build your town. All right, what's after building operations? Well, then you have downtime. That's where you can level up your character. You can retire your character and make a new one. You craft items, brew potions, get checks. Mm -hmm. So your party stays the same. It's always going to be the same party going through. However, your character might go away. Mm -hmm. So um, we've been kind of working a little bit more actively towards retiring some characters, but that doesn't mean that we'll, or Oscar and I will retire at the same time. I might take my blink blade and have him retire and get a new character um, before we go. That makes me realize when we talk about creating a character, we didn't talk about how you actually retire a character and like, and their personal story. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, when you created your character, you got two personal goal cards and you chose one. And this gives you a list and a goal that you need to hit to finish off your character and move on to a new one. And, and so it's going to take multiple scenarios to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can avoid it if you don't want to retire. You can pick scenarios that you think won't help you advance or you will actively try to pursue it. Yeah, though I'm also 90% sure that you can choose to retire your your character later. I'll. I'd have to check the rule book for no, that. No, I think you. Ha- I'm pretty sure you have to. You have to retire your character when you walk into town. Yeah, I. I don't remember. Okay, I. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Um, <laughs> then, I don't know. Then you also craft potions and brew, or craft items or brew potions mm-hmm. using your resources to make your character stronger. All right, so that's downtime, and then what's the next step? Well, then you get to build new buildings. So. You finally get to upgrade your craftsman, build, rebuild that wall. And it's actually really helpful, but also complicated. So this order is kind of interesting because if you decide to upgrade your alchemist or possibly, you don't get to brew potions because that was in the previous step. You have to go through this order. Mm -hmm. And so you're not going to be able to do use any of these buildings until the next week. Yeah. And they could get destroyed the next week. Yep, and so you might, maybe you can't use them. And that's also the time when you would rebuild your buildings if they yeah. did get damaged. So yeah, if you got if your craftsman got destroyed, you can't craft items, and then you have to rebuild it, but you still can't craft items until the next week. Yeah. Okay. For complexity, maybe you've gathered. We've talked a lot about uh, about a lot of things. We've tried to keep it simple, but. There's a lot. This is an extremely Uh complicated game. There's many steps going on it. But with that said, because it's cooperative, younger kids can play this with help. This Oscar was probably eight when we played Gloomhaven. So we started Gloomhaven when he was eight, helped him learn the rules. We worked together. Um, we helped him to make decisions more often when at the beginning as he was getting used to it. But he was able to play. And fairly quickly, even at that young age, he was able to go. So the box says 14 plus. Oscar's nowhere close or is nearing 14, but not there yet. We're, no. we're not even 13 yet. He can play this game because the thing is that while it takes a while to get used to the combat and um, you might have to check the rules a lot, um, and then even some of the scenarios will add extra rules in, 
you keep doing the same things. You, ha- you, you, it takes time, but you get to and get it ingrained in you a little bit mm-hmm. about what you need to do each step. So you will get a hang of it in time. But that first day, I rem- I'll never forget the first day opening the box. I had a headache. I was like, oh my God, what are we doing? It was fruit all over again. Yeah, it, it, it was a lot. But time went on. We got better at it. We knew what we were doing it. And it was it's such a fun, deep, immersive game that we wanted to spend mm-hmm. the time learning those rules. All right. What about family strife and frustration? Well, there's basically no family strife Unless someone like runs off and takes a treasure when everyone agreed it was going to be someone else or something. Yeah, that was Oscar when he was yes. eight. He would always. I was the eight. <laughs> I was eight. I would only leave you with like two weakened enemies left. Yeah, yeah, sure. He, he'd run off while we, um, his mother and I had to fight everything. He'd go, um, go for glory. No, <laughs> you had two enemies left. Um, so this plays really well for. Um, at three players, but it does scale for two or four. I imagine that it would play really well with both, but that's not something that we've ever done for replayability. Um, when your campaign's done, it's kind of done, mm-hmm. but it's going to take a long time to get there. Yeah. And you are able to undo everything and start over. It's just really, really hard. Yes. So there are stickers. We actually purchased for a little bit extra um, removable stickers so that we can, in theory, reset the game at a later point if we want to. But we know we probably won't. Our experience with Gloomhaven was that by the time we finished this um, campaign and we were – there were still things we could do, but – they were kind of nothing scenarios. And we were sick of it, right? We Like, uh-huh. we had just played so much. We had done all the things we really wanted to do. We were just kind of done. Mm-hmm. And so that's okay. You know, you reach a point and you're done. There are random scenarios that you can play. We've never needed to or wanted to. So there are other things you can do. We just... Um, they come in the box. So that's cool if that's your interest, but it's not something that we've personally been interested in. Mm-mm. For sleeving the game, I think it's kind of important. You know, obviously I always say this, but some of these decks, especially like your um, cards from your attack deck, you are going to be using them a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, we did buy the sleeves for all the cards. You don't necessarily need to sleeve every card, but... Um, this we card, did. yeah, we, we did, but the cards you're using most often, you definitely need to sleeve, mm-hmm. um, for, um, the box, it does come with some storage inside. We purchased an additional storage system. We learned this in Gloomhaven when the, when we had no storage system and it was an utter disaster. Mm-hmm. So we did purchase an additional, um, Storage system. Ours came from folded space. I am okay with it. it I'm 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 not going to get a different one because I paid for this one, but it works well. I would encourage you to look at buying that to make your life happier. Or if you buy the game and start playing it and find that it's difficult to store, then you look into it. But I would do um, some research when we bought it. We didn't really know what any of them were. There were no reviews, um, so we just got one and. It, As I said, folded space, it's okay. I'd like to see what else is out there. Um, If I was buying again, I'd um, do some more research. For 
complexity and all this stuff. One thing I do want to say is um, if you're so- look, listening to this and you're going to sit down to buy or thinking about buying it, it's an expensive game. Mm-hmm. So if you can't tell, we feel like we've gotten our value out of Gloomhaven, certainly over mm-hmm. the course of the many years. Um, Frosthaven, we're quickly on our way to getting the value out of it. But if you're looking at that and it's a little scary, um, there is a game called Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, which is a much smaller campaign. It has less complexity and it can give you a sense of what the game or what the bigger campaigns would be like. And if, or so you could decide if you wanted to jump in on it. All right. With all that information, Oscar, should people play Frosthaven? Yes. It is a great game. We're excited to sit down and play it every week now. Um, we have to find time to play other board games too because this is the only thing we want to play right now, yeah. right? So we will work on that so that we can have other games to bring you soon. But yes, we love this game and encourage you to play it. Thank you for joining us for our review of Frosthaven by Cephalofair Games. For more information on this game and all the games that we've reviewed, visit our website. ForTheFamilyGames.com That's B-O-A-R-D-FamilyGames.com Please follow this podcast, review us, help us grow it, um, and of course follow us on Facebook and Instagram. But what are we going to play today, Oscar? Frosthaven. Of course, we can't stop. We get to set this um, to the computer aside and get or dive right back in, and we're excited to do that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. Bye.